0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Well, good morning, friends. Um, one of the most common questions that I get asked as an ethicist is the question, what should I do? What is the right thing to do? What is the good thing to do? What is the most just thing to do? Uh, what is that God, what is it that God wants me uh, to do now? This is a very important question i'm often glad when people ask it because it means that they are on that journey that pursuit for what is good and right and just and pure they are wanting to live their lives in ways that that show that they are living the good life. Uh, Not that just that they're experiencing the goodness in life, owning the nice car or the house or the bank balance, but they're really trying to ask the question, what would it mean to live a good life? Now, of course, the Bible is full and full and full of stories of people who approach the prophets and, of course, even Jesus asking him exactly what they must do. The rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, what must I do? To inherit the kingdom of God. And of course Jesus gives him this almost impossible uh, commandment. And says to him well give away everything that you've got to the poor. And uh, you know once you've done that then you begin the journey. There's another account um, where Jesus' own disciples come to him. It uh, comes to us in John chapter 6 which is just after the miracle of the feeding of the thousands with, uh, with the loaves and the fish, the five loaves and the two fish. Um, and that's almost another one of these sort of hyperbolic stories. It, it seems so massive, you know. How do you feed thousands of people with five small loaves and two fish? And and how is it that even the grown adults, you know, these people, uh, disciples whom jesus had some of whom were accountants and others who were fishermen some who were parents others who were you know trained sort of activists the zealots how is it that they don't know what to do and here comes a child he just does the thing that he thinks is right i have food to eat and others are hungry and so <laughs> here's what i have let's Share it. And then we encounter towards the end of, of uh, that passage in John chapter six that the disciples find Jesus having gone off to the other side of the lake and uh, he comes back and they ask him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Verse 25, and Jesus sort of has to open the miracle for them again and say, well, you, you saw a miracle that took place yesterday and yet I can see you still doubt me. And so we hear these wonderful words in, in John chapter 6, verse 28. They say to Jesus, what must we do to perform the work of God? What must we do to do God's work, to honor God, to do the right thing? And Jesus replies in verse 29, the work of God is this, believe in the one that he has sent. Now this is a crucial, crucial point. This is, I would say, one of the core aspects of what makes the New Testament new. Think about that for a moment. What is it that makes the New Testament new? What makes this New Testament, the word testament uh, is is a Latin word which, which is the same as covenant uh, from which particularly those who speak Afrikaans would understand it. Testament is is like a, a last will and testament. It's a sort of binding uh, agreement. What makes this New Covenant new is the fact that it's not based on the law. It's not based on asking the question, what should we do? Rather it asks the question, who should we be? Now isn't it interesting that when Jesus answers the disciples' questions, he he gives them an answer that is about being rather than doing. He says, believe in the one whom God has sent. Become believers. Uh, This is about belief. It's, It's about who you are, not just what you do. I find this to be very, very important, particularly as we're approaching reintegration into society, as businesses are beginning to open, as the government is relaxing some of the rules of the lockdown. It'll be very interesting to see how people respond to these new freedoms. I look at uh, Facebook and uh, see the news and see how friends and acquaintances and colleagues are responding to this. And some people are saying when they're free, you know, they're just going to go out there and do whatever they can. They're going to buy all the alcohol that they can. They're going to have huge gatherings and parties. And I say to myself, well, you know, that's not necessarily the wisest thing to do. But would a good person do that? I mean, would someone who is truly good put themselves, their family, perhaps the family of others, their colleagues, particularly the vulnerable who are related to their colleagues and friends at risk in that way? Would a good person do those things? Now, you can see here that that this particular aspect says to us that who we are is far more important as a first and primary order of decision than what we choose to do what we choose to do will come from whom we are the bible says it so clearly out of the abundance of the heart so the mouth speaks and uh, a tree cannot bear two kinds of fruit in other words you bear the kind of fruit that comes from the roots of who you are and so we need to say to ourselves what kind of persons will we be as christians entering into this new normal In South Africa how will we live socially in ways that can be called good when people look at the ways in which we live what will we use our freedoms for will we use them for pleasure and selfishness or will we say okay let me use my freedom in order to safeguard others to live in ways that are responsible so that others can do better Will I use my freedoms in order in order to serve others, for example, there might be someone on your street who still can 't go out because they 're elderly and they 're at high risk, or someone with diabetes or or with a health concern, a lung concern, low immunity. Um, a third of our population is hiv positive and particularly in the western Cape, uh, something like sixteen percent of our population have t b so what will we do with our freedoms? in order to bless others. How will we use our freedoms, our return to work, perhaps a return of income, to say, Lord, how can we use that to bless others? So I want to invite you, sisters and brothers, as we discern what to do in uncertain times, as we cannot be sure exactly how things will play out and what will happen, the most certain thing that we can do is to say that we know what kinds of people we should be. As we ask God, what should we do? Jesus tells us, believe in the one whom God has sent. Become like him. Become like Jesus. Ask the question, what would Jesus do? If he lived your life, if he was living from your home into your street, from from your life into your workplace, from your life into your family, how would Jesus do the things that you would ordinarily do? So I want to encourage you, my sisters and brothers, uh, before we ask what should we do, let's ask ourselves, how can we become the kinds of persons that God would have us be? I want to pray God's blessing upon you, God's protection, God's grace. Uh, I was sick myself last week, incredibly ill, and just having care from other people uh, during the week, from, from medical professionals who were putting themselves at risk, from my wife who was having to care for me? Uh, just that—that that goodness, that willingness to say, I, "I want to do what is is good." Uh, that was such a blessing, and it's really inspired me this week. So may the Lord keep you safe and care for you. May He bless you, and uh, as always, from myself, Dion Foster, from my wife Megan, from our daughter Courtney, and our son Liam, we wish you every every blessing um, as you navigate. These uh, uncertain times with the one who is certain, the one whose love never changes, whose power can never be diminished, and whose grace is always sufficient. God bless you. Mm-hmm. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.